Welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I am Dan, and uh, you know Brady. Brady's actually out this week. Uh, his mom came in town, um, so he's out hanging out with uh, with his mom and doing stuff with his daughter for her birthday. So uh, we got longtime buddy and and friend, uh, friend, friend, fan, blah, fan and friend of the show, Chris. Mr. Chris is back with us today. What's going on, man? Hey, Dan. How's it going, everyone? Um, huh. And now half of your listeners have dropped out because they hear that I'm coming back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully not. Probably, they probably dropped out with me fumbling over all my words. <laughs> Friends, fans, you know. To be fair, we're actually doing um, a non-traditional record night, and we're doing it later than we normally do. Um, normally on Sundays, I'm going to bed right now because I wake up at like 3.15 in the morning, but I need to blow off a little bit of steam from watching that football game. So oh, this man way to do it. <laughs> Gosh, man. The first half of that game was wonderful. And then just second half was miserable. Yeah. And just for the record, uh, Chris and I are, uh, Washington football team, formerly known as the skins. Uh, we're, we're fans of them. I don't know why we just, we just are <laughs> I 32 have, years of misery, man, 32 years of been fans of them or we've been fans. And I just, I don't know. I don't know why I keep doing it. I always think it's going to be something different on a Sunday and it, it never is. It, I mean, at this point, most of the people that like I would talk to during the game, like you or Nick or even like my brother-in-law, we're just like, eh, like, yeah, eh. it's just, just numb at this point. You're just numb. Yeah. It's just, oh my God. How was your, uh, how's your weekend, dude? How was your week? I mean, my week was, oh gosh, man, my week was just up and down as a roller coaster. Um, work's been pretty exhausting. I mean, I love my class. I love my students, but um, I don't know what it is. Everyone, if you're a teacher and you're listening, you understand. Everyone claims like the full moon has something to do with child behavior. I'm not on that train yet, but man, I will tell you what, there was something in the kids this week. They were wild, man. They're absolutely wild. Even my good kids were wild this week, so it was definitely exhausting. Um, you'd like pick them up from PE or library and then the, the PE teacher, or the librarian or art teacher, they just kind of like look at you and they go, oh. it's like, Oh no, was it a rough day? And they're like, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, you know, you feel bad when it's your class. You don't want to be that class. Um, and usually my class isn't that class, but I don't know what was going on, but, um, it wasn't just my students. It was like the whole school. So, don't know if they gotten into Halloween candy too early or not, but either way, it was an exhausting week. But the weekend was amazing. Um, I had a great time, you know, with my wife, with my daughter. Um, she's actually turning six months, and on Tuesday she'll be six months old. That's so awesome. she's, dude, she's getting so old. It's crazy. She's getting so big now. I remember, what was it? The first few podcasts I joined, we talked about, you know, and I was like, what, two months in, and I was exhausted. <laughs> I was stressed, dude. And I will say, like, it's flipped completely. I, I mean, I always love my daughter, but, like, it it seems like it's not a cakewalk. Parenting never is, but it's just the golden stage right now. Like, she can't, like, crawl around. She's not going anywhere, but she just – her personality is starting to come out. She's starting to do fun things. It, it's just so much fun now. So we got to go on a hike yesterday and actually a little bit today. Um, the weather was perfect, that fall, like cool weather, the leaves are changing. It was just a phenomenal restful weekend, which rarely ever happens. That's awesome, man. It sounds like it sounds good though. It sounds like you kind of needed it. Oh, one hundred percent. I even <laughs> thought about taking a day off just for a mental health day because I was struggling, man. And of course, you can't teach your kids if you're stressed. Like if you're pushed beyond your limits, you can't, you know, 
to your children's service. So I thought about it. Hopefully I can make it all the way to fall break. We'll see. But um, how was your weekend, man? Well, how many weeks you got left? Until fall break. So, okay. So technically we have this full week. Yeah, I've got a whole planned out. We have this full week. The week following this week is telling a four-day week because of um, voting on November 2nd. But it's a teacher work day, but that's all right. That's a teacher work day, like just catch up, do divisional planning, stuff like that. Um, then it's two more weeks until essentially a half week for fall break. So three full weeks and then one four-day week and then one two-day week. So do they not – are we not doing winter breaks anymore? Do they do fall break and then do they do a winter break towards Christmas or – Yeah, so it's it's fall break. So essentially – actually, I said a two-day week. It's actually a three-day week. You have Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend off for fall break. Um, so it's like, like an extended weekend. And then winter break is where you have Christmas and um, New Year's. Hmm. And then when you guys come back the day after New Year's? Yeah, usually, or whatever, like, whatever, whatever Monday falls after New Year's. Yeah, interesting. See, I mean, we graduated so long ago. I don't, I don't keep track of that anymore. And especially like if you went to college, college is a lot different. Um, you have a lot longer breaks, but then I guess summer is shorter for college, so it's it's different. And yeah, I just had to get used to that as well. But well, of course, being a teacher, it's yeah. awesome. You just have all the holidays off. Well, some of us are not as smart as you, and some of us went to community college. Get old. Nova. And, uh, for I don't those know of you if it has anything to do with it. <laughs> Some of you, I mean, I, you know, those, there's nothing wrong with community college. That's not, yeah. that's not what I'm getting that. I went to community college. I was not a good student. I was not a, I was not a, a bookworm kid. I didn't really care too much, but I guess looking back now, I kind of wish I cared a little bit, but I can't, I just can't, like, I can't sit there long enough to hear somebody else tell me about things. I'm just clocked out. Like I just zone out. So, but well, um, I would say you're actually smarter than I am for going to community college because it's a lot cheaper. If I had, had gone back and could redo it, I would have done that, got my associates and then done something else. Because also, I will say, could I go back and do college again? I probably would not be a theater major. Um, not really using that right now. So, I mean, it's just it's it's a catch 22, you know, you kind of using it like now. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. face to face and, you know, you're on the on the, the show doing the, the vocals. It's kind of yeah. a thing, right? I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I just probably would have gotten my degree in education had I known I would have gone into that. But, you know, right. honestly, it is what it is. I just – I agree completely. There should not be so much pressure to do, a, you know, a traditional four-year college plan. We had to talk about that too the other day with uh, – um, we were just kind of like planning – not planning things out. But you know you're a father. You kind of look ahead oh, to – 100%. And I told my wife, I was like, like I said, I'm going to tell you now, I said, I don't care if we have the money or not. I'm not going to pressure our daughter to go to a four-year school. If she wants to go, she can go. If she wants to do two years and go to four years, that's fine with me too. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it, like either as long as she finds a way to better herself like after high school, I don't really care how she does it. I don't care if it's a military. I don't care if it's trade school. I don't care what, however she does it. I, I don't care. As long as it's bettering her and she's happy with it, I'm fine with it. I don't care. 100%. And actually, I will say this. When I was a, a youth group leader, I even told the kids this. It's like, it honestly, unless you're going into a specific profession, like medical school or, you know, architecture, engineering, or obviously the military, it actually does not matter what university, college, whatever you go to. A degree is a degree. And then I will say, like, again, a specific profession, maybe it matters, but all they care is that you have a degree. 
And honestly, they look more at your experience. So mm. get an internship, go to a college. It doesn't matter. Get a degree in whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Go to a two-year, work as a part-time job, make some money. Because you're yep. going to want money if you go to a four-year. I'm telling you right now. Especially, yep. you know, <laughs> that's, it's expensive. <laughs> They're looking for five years experience and an entry-level job. So there's that. Yeah, there's that. And then they want you to have the five years of experience while you spent four years in going to, to college for your, for a full-time, basically. Exactly. As a, part of a full-time job and then they want you to have all that experience and then you're kind of like 24 and you're like when was i ever supposed to get this experience like the degree is not good enough for me to get an entry job and they don't want you to you know i'm just it's a i'm not going to say it's a scam but it's a little bit of a scam i think oh dude when you slap on the interest of those student loans it's absurd um, absolutely absurd if I could, I can't remember the actual like number of what like my wife owes, and I said, you know, because I didn't, I didn't have any. I we did all straight cash when we went to uh, Nova, right, or community college, and um, I, I know we paid a lot. I know we played, I think like sixty or seventy something thousand dollars worth of student loans off. Gosh, man, so, something like that. It's something high and astronomical and absolutely asinine. So and unfair. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, but on uh, that, dude, how was your week? Yeah, I was going to say, to answer your question, um, now we've become an uh, anti-college podcast. No, I'm just joking. We're not exactly, anti Exactly, right? Not don't at all. Don't the man. Yeah, Keep your own money. <laughs> um, my, week was, my week was good, actually. Um, work was, for once, kind of boring. Um, don't – so – those of you who are new who may not know, um, I work in the oil industry. Uh, we work with uh, recycled material. We do oil and fuel and stuff like that. And if you pay attention to the market, gas is high. Oil yes, is, is high. I mean, everything is high. Um, and that doesn't really translate well to collections that come into our facility or it doesn't really translate to uh product leaving the facility either so we've actually been uh dangerously slow to the point where um during like a busy season we average close to mm, i'd say maybe about sixty thousand gallons worth of product a week and wow. we're probably hovering around sixteen thousand. oh wow which is about what we were doing when covid hit um, so we're doing, we're pulling COVID numbers and not really a COVID situation right now. So, which I mean, COVID is still a situation. I just mean like we've, no, no, the, I got you. World, I got yeah, you. world has transitioned a little bit since 2020 right. and you People would think going out and doing things now, you know, the vaccines <laughs> came out. Ooh, I just kicked my table. I apologize. Um, but everything is so freaking expensive that it just, you know, and, and I watch that every day because one, I, it's because what I, it's what I work in. So I pay attention to it, but it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, it's boring. Like there's just trucks that don't come in and it's not good, but luckily we get paid, you know, matter, no matter what, we'll work eight hours. Um, but there's always stuff to do and, uh, we'll always get overtime for the most part. But, uh, outside of that, um, I think everything's been good actually. Uh, we're going to the baby doctor on Tuesday, believe it or not. Mm. So I think this is 20, 24 weeks. Um, All right. Yeah, 24 week checkup. I might have that wrong. And if my wife's listening, I apologize. Um, but <laughs> dude, I did that all the time. Did yeah. it all the time when she was pregnant. I still do it now. I have no <laughs> idea. I just ask her what the what size of the like what size the baby is. So like last week she was the size of a Furby and I couldn't yes. 
I couldn't get that image out of my head just knowing that this child is like no bigger than this microphone essentially that I'm talking into. And it's just so weird, man. But and hopefully um, a lot less creepy than a Herbie too. I don't know. She's on like the upper echelon of like head size. And I know my wife is not excited about that, but I told her you can't blame me because oh, gosh. look at your, look at your side of the family. Your brother has a large head and your father has a large head and you have a large head. Don't blame me. I've, I am on the short end of all of this. So, um, but yeah, we're, she's healthy and, and good and, um she's kicking a lot right now uh and it's kind of annoying my wife because she'll get kicked in the bladder at like the middle of the night and go oh, oh yep yeah so uh that's good um this weekend was this weekend was all right uh we were supposed to do this yesterday i woke up with a migraine and i get migraines quite often i've had like six or seven concussions um and they are starting to <laughs> to take their toll on me and i I have a lot of uh, headache problems, migraine problems. So we'll go with a migraine yesterday. We didn't get a chance to record, which worked out for you anyway, because you got to enjoy the weather. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, my and then it kind of subsided. So I went ahead and, and uh, forced myself to cut the grass. And for me, cutting the grass is like relaxing um, when my mower. The same way. When my mower wants to work and I don't have to take it apart to like fix, like to clean everything out or tighten the string or for some reason, like my spark plug clap keeps popping off. So I'd fix it yesterday. Um, and then I was going to use, um, my dad, my parents came down last week and my dad brought me this, uh, echo weed eater. And he was like, I haven't used this in years. He's like, if you want it, you can have it. And I was like, Oh yes. I was like a, a gas powered, like weed eater. So this is great. Cause you know, living in a town or a, townhouse before you don't need anything like that so i just had like a right. 40 ryobi right so i'm getting this thing ready to go you know i got the two cycle and mixing it all together and i go and hit this little primer bulb and i realized that my finger i went to go push it my finger went right through the bulb and oh the no bulb has dry rotted and i was like oh god damn it so i'm gonna have to fix that it's not expensive it's like eight bucks but i gotta take the whole thing apart and do that and that's just right. one thing i don't want to do but um, and then we made, uh, as you saw on Facebook, made some fire pit chili, which uh, came out um, came out freaking amazing. Um, and uh, my wife ate like ninety percent of it. And I, I even, the funny part is though, she doesn't even like chili. I don't know why. She just doesn't really really. Like, yeah, she just doesn't really like chili. Sometimes, like she has to be in a mood for it, and she just devoured I that. Okay. So. It had to be good. I mean, she'll tell me if it's not good, so it had to be good. Um, but then, right, I mean, clearly she was in the mood, yeah, right. And then today we watched football, and well, I watched football, and she went out and did some stuff and brought me some snacks, which is always great. Um, if you have a guys, if you have a wife that brings you snacks, please, please, um, you know, make sure you tell her that you love her and that you appreciate her because one day she's not going to bring you snacks anymore. And it's going to be a very depressing time in your life when your wife doesn't bring you snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you 100%. Wife snacks? Did oh, wife... does Emily bring me snacks? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. and But sometimes, though, she'll eat some of the snacks on the way home, which, you know, is okay. She'll be like, so one time she – so they have sometimes they'll have snacks at work. She'll be like, so I brought you home some snacks, but I definitely ate all the Skittles <laughs> because I was hungry. I was like, well, why did you even tell me that you – had skittles in the first place like now i know i'm missing them i'm like thank you but just don't tell me the future that you brought skittles and ate them right right that's but like no. what's that video where um the dad opens up the snacks for the kid and he's always taking like a little bit it's, it's called like the dad tax 
the dad tax, yes. Dad tax. He's always taking a little bit. And he even, like, the guy even does it with, like, baby food. So, like, he'll open it be like, applesauce. And you go, you know, take a little bit of the applesauce and then feed the baby. He's like, you got to pay the you gotta pay the dad tax. Oh, my God. Like a uh, wife tax. Yeah, right? There you go. It's a wife tax. I, my wife does that sometimes, too, so don't feel bad. And by something, she deserves you know, it. So. She'll, like, she'll, like, buy cookies or something like that or, like, a drink. And I won't have it right away. I'll save it for the next day. And I'll come back and it's gone see see imp, my wife does that for me so i will buy like salt and vinegar chips and it will sit in the pantry for like three or four days and she won't touch it and i'm sorry three or four days is a very long time for pantry snacks so after those three or four days i will eat all of them i, I try not to but i will eat it little by little and then like the fifth day she goes wait where are all the the salt and vinegar chips i'm like what i ate them all she goes you ate them all i was like yeah She's like, I didn't have any. I was like, well, it was in the pantry for five days. Like, yes. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. That's this it. This argument in our household as well. Leftovers, shelf life. Listen, leftovers is two days. Anything after two days is free game. Um, anything that is open in the pantry, if it sits there longer than a week, it is also five game, uh, fair game. See, you're nicer than I am. Mine's one day for leftovers, and it's like three, <laughs> three days at best in the pantry. Well, I uh, – there's a story I'll have to tell you about one day about uh, our anniversary in sushi, and it it's a thing. <laughs> it did not go well for me. Um, but so <laughs> um, I was gonna say something and I forgot. Oh man. Oh, um, you've you've uh, recently. I think last time we talked, you started. Uh, you kind of started going to like a new church, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. How's that going? All right, well, uh, interesting you asked because we do love the church we currently go to, but we are starting to leaning, they're starting to lean towards looking elsewhere. Oh, um, and it's just been a mixture of things. Um, and this is not to badmouth the church we currently go to. Um, so the head pastor that we love so much ended up leaving months ago. So we're kind of seeing like how things went, and there is one guy that. Every once in a while, he will take over and like do the sermons. He's phenomenal, um, great guy. We're not sure if he, they're going to promote him. He's like the youth pastor, um, and we are pretty convinced that if they were going to promote him, they would have done it already. Um, but then the local pastor. So it's one of those bigger churches, and there's like certain campuses. The local pastor that we really liked also left. He um, he got a head pastor position in Virginia Beach, so he left. Um, and then the guy who took over, he's he's a nice guy. He just isn't our favorite kind of pastor for the local pastor. We end up going there. like So let let me preface this. When you have a child, or especially a baby, and going anywhere is an ordeal, so you have to plan around their schedule, whether it's sleep, eat, or just getting them inside like the car seat, and then get in the car, make sure you have the backpack, packed everything. Like it's just anything, anything's an ordeal. So I had gone to church my father that day in person, um, and Emily was going to come and bring our daughter, so we could go to this uh, get to know the church meeting, which they had posted on their website. And I asked the the like week before, I was like, where does this meeting happen? Like what time? So we got all logistics figured out. She got there. We asked them, like, hey, by the way, we're here for this meeting. They're, like, get to know the church. Where is it? They're, like, oh, it's right down the hall. And it starts in a few minutes. We're, like, okay. So we go down the hall. The room's empty. I'm, like, what's going on? 
So we run into like the local pastor, um, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry. We actually don't do those over the summer. We haven't done them all summer. We start up again in October. And we're like, but your website doesn't say that anywhere. And then as we're like just talking to him, and he's like explaining what they're going to be doing, he's like looking past us and not talking directly to us. And, mm. you know, mm. I don't know. Again, it's just there's just been a lot of small things that kind of rubbed us the wrong way. Um, and that's uh, – to anyone listening, that may seem like a very small ordeal, but it was just a few things that have been adding up. And the fact that like for us, and this is hopefully not going to put any of your listeners off, um, we take COVID very seriously because our daughter is five months old. Um, we're vaccinated, but everyone in this church, no one wears a mask. And again, to each their own. I'm not judging anyone for not wearing a mask. Hopefully they're all vaccinated. But for us, like we just – if you're inside a building like that with everyone like, you know, singing and worshiping and stuff like that, we feel more comfortable. People do wear a mask. We were the only ones wearing one. So we decided just to stay virtual and it's just small things like that, you know? So right now we're staying virtual. Um, and then we'll probably be looking elsewhere just for now. I mean, who knows? Maybe if they find a new head pastor, that's phenomenal. We'll stay, but like, I don't know. There's just been a few things. And like also some friends of ours who went to the other campus kind of, said some things that they didn't really agree with the leadership there. So I don't know. So long story short, we like this church. It just may not be the right fit for us. No, but that's, that's a personal choice though. And that's the yeah. same thing with, you know, with the code and the vaccines and, you know, Brady, Bra- now we don't, we don't talk about that on the show very often and, or at all really, because we just, we, we kind of made that conscious effort to not bring it up, but we'll ask people about it because we're curious how people, uh, like how people live their life surrounded, you know, surrounded by COVID and the pandemic and people, you know, stuff like that. And we're always curious to know who, like w- how you deal with it or what kind of like mental stress it may put on somebody, or even if you care, you know, but I mean, like that, like you said, that's, uh, it's a personal choice. And you said something um, about, he was looking, the, you said the guy was looking past you and you were talking to him and you said, it's not really a big deal, but Let's be honest, though. That's a respect thing. And yeah, if and you... that's the way we felt. Like, especially after, like, you know, we come all the way. And, again, it doesn't sound like a big deal. But, like, once you get your baby in the car seat, like, it was a stressful situation for my wife. She came all the way. And she was stressed. She was rushed. She thought she was going to be late. We got there. And then, yeah, like I said, like, this guy, when he's explaining the fact that we he wasn't having it, like, the meeting, which, again, was on their website. They should have. And then also I asked about it the week before. Someone should have said something. Um, and the fact like it was almost like nonchalant, like, oh no, we don't do that. And then he was explaining like the situation and just like, yeah, like you said, looking past this, it was, it was kind of rude. Now is that, but okay, here's a question though, because let me, and here's, I like doing this a lot and it's fun, even though it's not how it's not necessarily what my views are. It's just fun for me to do. Let me play devil's advocate here for a minute. Does he, have you, you've had conversations with with this guy before, right? Yes. Okay, so has he done that before? All right, so let me explain um, why if this guy has, is not my favorite guy. If he has done it before, has it been certain situations when he has done it, like in a rush or just kind of like checked out? Or So this guy's never looked past us before, um, but I will say this man – How did, I can't describe it very well. I tried to describe it to Emily. There's a certain type of person, which I've run into like at work before, a certain type of person who's very enthusiastic, 
but to me, it's very business-based enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they seem very nice. They seem very like, you know, they're interested in you, but you can tell it is not genuine. Um, and that's, to me, the feel I get from this guy. So even when he talks to us, it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? But like, he has no idea who we are. You know, I've, I've met, I've talked to him multiple times. And like, I get it again, it's a big campus. Like, I don't expect him to know me. But the thing is, I can tell when I am talking to him, it's like in one ear and out the other. Like, he's it's not like, trying to get to know me. It's like, give me like a minute and 30 seconds of your time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's like a, a cordial thing. Like, you know, let me greet these people, then I'll greet these people. And I'll greet. He's like, he's already thinking about the next person he's going to talk to while he's talking to you. And that's how I feel with him. And I could be absolutely wrong. And if I am, I truly apologize. But like, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how he means it because it's how he's coming across. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So if you were to take, and and that's, and it's weird that you said that because coming from like a prominent stance like that, like in a church, right. You would think that somebody with his title, I guess you could say, uh, would understand that and would understand like the importance of making eye contact and, giving somebody 45 to 50 seconds out of your day to have a conversation with them or, you know, because to me, if it's again, devil's advocate, if it's me, well, I guess it's not really devil advocate. It's just my opinion. If I'm the one coming to somebody who's, you know, a prominent figure in a church and I need to have a conversation with them about something, whether it's a class or something maybe personal, I kind of would like to feel like you actually give a rat's ass about what I'm saying, you know, and, it does kind of, yeah, I mean, that would rub me the wrong way. And I think I'm kind of a lot with, I'm with you on that, that I think it's a respect thing. Yeah. And I do see, like, I, I know I get your point exactly how I feel and to give him some, a little bit of, or church in general, to give them like a little bit um, of credit. I mean, everyone is human. Like, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has flaws. And especially when you have, I mean, this happens in small churches, but especially in large churches as well. There are so many positions that need to be filled. I mean, so for example, the church I originally went to had one pastor. That's it. There may have been an assistant to the pastor, an associate pastor every once in a while, but essentially just one pastor. This particular church has like seven or eight pastors. There's like a pastor of music. There's like a pastor for each location. There's like the head pastor. It's like, it's absurd how many just pastors there are for this one church, which I'm not used to. So when you have something like that where you just have these positions that need to be filled, it is easy to fill it with someone who may not be right for that position. And again, I'm not coming down on this guy. Maybe he's a phenomenal man. But um, to us, he is not the right person for that position. Um, So it's easy in like a large church situation to have people that you're just kind of promoting or filling the spot for. Maybe they're great at interviews. Maybe they're great – you know answering the questions. I mean, it happens in jobs all the time, but they're not great at leadership. And that to me is what happened in the situation. Again, I guess it's harder in a smaller church situation because everyone knows everyone. Um, and, and if you're not great at your position, it's easy to stand out that way. But in a large church, you can blend in. I mean, it happens. See, this is this is why I like having you on because I know that it's a little bit different for a lot of people when they come on because like Brady and I will talk about some like heavy 
uh, like mental health type stuff. And then you and I will still talk about mental health, but you, you kind of bring like a, this like religious background, like church background to it. And the other, like one of the, one of the real reasons why I like having you on is that you don't sugarcoat anything that happens in church, you know? (laughs) And, And that's what I like about it because I think a lot of people be turned off by the by a conversation of religion especially if if somebody isn't into you know or doesn't have a belief or anything like that right or if they're not christian or whatever it is they get the minute they start hearing about church or religion it's like a turn off they want to you know they turn it off but or like they'll turn us off but if they when they hear somebody like yourself who you're not you're not bashing anything you're not bashing the church you're not bashing christianity you're not bashing you know religion or anything like that you're giving a honest opinion about what you go through as a human being because there's like we had a conversation before there's a lot of people out there who phone it in per se or they're really only christians on a sunday or you know what i mean like it's i would say a lot of people Especially in America, who are, say they're Christian, a lot of people who say they're Christian are not. And I'm right. not I'm not saying like I am some hoity-toity Christian. I'm just saying like a lot of people who go are just going out of tradition. Right. So – and the, here's the reason why I bring all of this up, right, to kind of bring it full circle is do you feel yourself or other people per se have an unfair comparison to – what they expect out of a church. So for you, you've had um, not the greatest reception with the, with uh, your uh, assistant pastor or what I forgot what the title you gave him, but that in the church and kind of how, like you said, with the meeting, there was miscommunication. People, even though people told you the week before that this meeting was going to happen, right? And you had transitioned recently from a different church. Do you... And your wife, do you compare the new church that you're going to to something that you expect to happen? Or oh, like, 100%. Absolutely. Okay. So what are you comparing it to? So, I mean, I compare it to obviously what I know. I've, I've been to multiple churches in the past, and I know what church should feel like. But honestly, and here's the catch. All right. So I, I know this episode was not supposed to be about religion. Um so I, I compare it to what Christianity is supposed to be, and I'll go on my soapbox just real quick. Most people I know who were in the church, whether they're Christian or not, um, they were grown up in the church or attended a church and then have completely pushed away. They lost their faith. They want nothing to do with it. Or people who were trying to experiment with the church, like, you know, let's give this a shot, and then like, nope, not for us. I will say 90% of those people, or if not 100%, I can't say that for a fact. I don't do studies. But um, it has to do with not their faith and not with God. It has to do with the church, the people within the church. I know so many people have been turned off just from Christians, whether it has to do with politics or just with politics within the church or just with unhealthy leadership within the church um, and things that just happened that should never have happened if – Christians truly followed the gospel um, and we acted the way we we're supposed to, it never would have happened. So I will say 100% that is my expectation for the church. I expect Christians to act the way we we're supposed to. Um, not two faced, not judgmental, but a loving, caring, 
it's supposed to be a loving, caring environment where like you we're all and here's the big saying again, we think of Christians in the church like this 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 pedestal of people who got it right, right? But we're not. And like I said before, like this man, like everyone is human. We are no different than anyone else who is not Christian. Everyone sins, everyone falls short, like you know, we all make mistakes. So if you think of it that way, of course the church is not going to be a perfect situation or environment because it's a bunch of humans running like this facility that's supposed to be worshiping God. Like we are humans. So there are going to be flaws in every single church. And usually you'll find the same flaws happening in each church. It just some manage it better than others. But from people coming from the outside in, they may think that it's supposed to be this perfect utopia of just people who got it right, and it's not. And for me, I still expect people to get some things right. You know, it should still feel very war- like welcoming, a warming visit. People should care, get to know you. They, they, want, they should want to invest in you for the best because that's what we're called to do. So to make your simple question long, that's how I feel about church. Well, it's not necessarily just about the church. I'm I'm kind of just talking about the comparison. And you brought up something, and I mean not not comparison, which I just mean comparing comparing yourself or your life or what is important to you in your life. You're comp- comparing it to something else because we're always matching things up, right? We always have to be um, we always have to be better than somebody else. We always have to be one step ahead of somebody else, or we have to be. You know, oh, you know, Jimmy's doing this and he's elevated his life. So now I need to do what he's doing so I can elevate my life. Right. I feel like and I don't mean this. I don't mean this as an insult or anything. I feel like in a church that happens a lot where people are trying to grasp. Right. So the reason why I brought this up was. If you eliminate the religion in the church and you really you eliminate all of that aspect out of this this conversation about comparison everything that you talked about and spoke about is stuff that we as men because you know like i said it's a men's mental health podcast even though we do talk about mental health we're trying to stay on the topic of men's mental health i think we as men and you said it very well because you listed a lot of things of what people compared religion to and how you should live like through the Bible and the teachings of Jesus and all that. We as men take those same ideas and we compare it to other people in other situations in our life. Growing up, me per se, I would compare a lot of things to what my brother did or how my dad was. And I felt like that's what I needed to be or who I needed to be, right? You growing up may have been different. You may have compared yourself or your life to somebody else or your father or a friend or your brother, right? Um, and the, the reason why I wanted to bring that up with the church is because church is such a – religion is such like a – it's like a melting pot of just pure emotion because yeah. you can literally hit any emotion that you're – like you can hit any, any emotion on the spectrum anytime that you bring up a sermon. So you can talk about depression, you can talk about joy, you can talk about grief, you can talk about whatever, right? And, and it's all going to relate. You're going to feel all those emotions on one day. For some people, they feel that every single day, every single minute. They feel like they're, they're always comparing themselves to somebody else. 
They are comparing their paychecks. They're comparing their lives. They're beca- they're they're uh, comparing materialistic items, the things that they have and don't have. And I think as men, we spend a lot of time, especially at a younger age, we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to what we don't have as opposed to relishing what we do have in our life. And I think that can really take a toll on people because when you start comparing yourself to somebody else or things that you don't have or a paycheck, you get stuck in a hole and you just can't drag yourself out. And as you start trying to dig your way out, all you're doing is throwing comparisons on something else. Well, I fell in this hole and -and so-and-so is able to get out of this hole quicker. Why can't I do it? And then you start digging, you start going lower. Or it's, uh, you know, so-and-so paid off all this debt within six months. I'm going to try to do it quicker than that. And then you end up shortening yourself and you're late on bills. You can't pay a house payment. Or you are wondering why you can't buy things for your kids for their birthday, why this person can do it. And it's it's a complete, and excuse my language here, it's a complete fucking mindfuck. Right? 100%. And, like, I'm glad you brought that up because, again, this is not anything – just exclusive to the church or religion um it does happen in the church but like i said that's because people in the church are just human beings like people outside the church human beings but i mean especially with social media nowadays man like it's such a trap like let's be honest i actually heard some guy talking one time and he showed a picture of his family he's like this is a wonderful picture of my family at the beach he's like look at us we're beautiful right we're all sitting there. The waves are crashing in the background. We're all smiling. He's like, but what you don't see in this picture is the moment before. He's like, my two sons were fighting. My daughter was crying. My wife was shouting at me to like quickly take the picture and put the shutter on. Like, he's like, you didn't see any of that. You only see the snapshot of our life that we wanted you to see that looks picture perfect. And that's what happens all the time. It's this FOMO thing, right? We see people posting these things on social media that like, oh, we went to the Caribbean. Yeah, well, you don't know. What if they went into debt or credit card debt paying for the trip to the Caribbean? What if they're, yeah, they went to the Caribbean, but their marriage is also in shambles and that's why they're going to the Caribbean to try to pull it together. Like, I'm, it sounds really pessimistic, but like you don't know what happens beyond those pictures, right? What, you see people like, oh, I graduated college, or like, oh, man, I got a promotion at work, or oh, man, look at my family. Like, we have these kids. But like, you don't know what happens beyond the pictures, but we compare ourselves all the time. We get this FOMO. You think, oh, man, I wish I could go to this place, or oh, man, I wish I could, like, you know, have kids, or oh, wish, man, I wish I could have, like, a husband or a wife. Like, you, you have this, this comparison all the time, and social media amplifies it so much to the stories, the posts everything and that's how we live our lives nowadays right and you know it's funny that you bring up like you said you you don't know what's on the other side of that photo right so you know that old the grass ain't always greener on the other side right and i think the whole the the comparison thing let's let's flip it around here because you know and we're i'm going to come back to this because i'm going to ask you a question here in a minute um let's let's flip this around for a second let's say Let's say uh, you're at work. Let's just say for this uh, this situation, you're you're at a job. I'm your you know supervisor, right? 
and you're new to the job and all of a sudden I put unfair comparison and expectation on you because you're not as good as the last guy. Right. And let's say that last guy, maybe he transferred, maybe he got fired for something that was maybe out of his control, whatever it was. Right. He all of a sudden you're not better than the last guy. So I put unfair expectations on you because I want you to be as good as that guy was. Right. But maybe you can't be as good as that guy was because that guy is that guy. You're not him. You're you. And I don't know the other side of your story. You could be dealing with something that I don't know about. Right. So the reason why I ask that or the reason why I say that is we don't always know what somebody else is going through. You know, this person may have, you know, paid off all their debt and you want to be like them. But have you ever asked them how they did it? They may have sacrificed for three years to be able to pay off all that debt. And they're now reaping the benefits of that while you have been going out to bars, drinking, you know, doing something. But see, but it's not always like that, though. There are people who they work hard, they bide their time, they do what they're supposed to do. And somehow and sometimes they just don't get ahead. And when we don't when we feel like we're stuck like that, you know, mentally, you feel like you're stuck. It can really just drive you into a dark place, like into a hole, you know. And especially if somebody doesn't know what you're going, like what you're going through, you know, there's people out there who are dealing with, with something where, you know, as an example, um, you, you, you might be trying to figure out your life and you might have like love and support from somebody in your family, but you are so terrified to like go after what you, what you want and what you desire out of your life because you are afraid that you may fail these people. Or you may feel that you aren't going to be as good as whoever else was doing it. You know, if you're following in the footsteps of a of a family member or a friend, you might not you may think that you're not as good as those people. But it can it can almost it can almost tie you down to a point where instead of you kind of taking footsteps towards progress and moving forward to who you kind of like desire to be, it can really just stop you in your tracks and lock you down. And when that unfair like comparison of, you know, they got this and I don't, and this person, you know, got a DOI, why do they get to have everything in their life? And I've done everything right. And I can't have anything. When you start doing that and you start putting all that negativity on yourself, which is a grand, we don't know what people are going through, right? We're like, when Brady and I do this, we're talking about personal experiences, but we're trying to relate to everybody else. So, you know, Joe over here, he may be a single dad, struggle to be able to see his kid and do absolutely everything right. And for some reason, the universe tells him that he still can't see his kid as often as he want to. He is going to lose his job next week. Or, you know, something like that. And it's some, it's unfair sometimes. And it's unfair to put our life on hold because we are comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's a very slippery slope. And it, it usually leads to depression, um, anxiety, and things like that. Like, it's wanting what the neighbors have, you know. Um, always want, like, oh, they have a brand new car. Why do I have a piece of junk car? Um, and just things like that like I just it's especially I will say like especially when you have children like you know you see oh yeah well so and so you know got a 
brand new toy for the kids or like a brand new trampoline. Like, oh, I wish I could have that for my kids. Like it becomes amplified when you have children. But even if you don't have children, like it's so tough like to see people like, oh, they have a nice suit. I want a nice suit or like things like that. Like, oh, they got a new gaming system. I wish I had that. It's such a vicious cycle. But it's just like you said, life sadly is not fair. I wish it was. I wish good things happened to good people and bad things happened to bad people. I wish it was just like that. I mean, I have such a blessed life myself. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like, you know, I have a great wife. I have a daughter. You know, we have a nice home. I have a decent job. And like, I've done nothing to deserve it. Like, it, there's nothing I've done to earn any of this. I mean, I've worked hard, yes, but so many other people before me have worked hard and have not had this life. And there's nothing I've done for it. But that's just like sadly the way life is. Like, I mean, I'm not sad that I had this life, but again, there's nothing I've done personally to get this instead of others. It's just not how life works. But you have to keep that sense of empathy in your life to realize that there are others who are struggling that you may think, like for example, um, I was talking to someone about how, you know, some students this year are reading at third grade level and some are still reading like below kindergarten. And the person said to me like, well, yeah, it has a lot to do with um, parent involvement at home. And 100%, it has a lot to do with parent involvement at home. But, and she's like, yeah, they, you know, I just wish parents would read their kids more. And like, I agree with her. But what I told her, I was like, yeah, but you got to think about this. I was like, some parents are working two to three jobs just to make sure they have a roof over their heads. Their kids have food to eat and they don't have time. Like they literally, like their kids are at school. Well, they're working the night shift. Some of these nurses, like they don't even really get to see their kids at all, except maybe an occasional day off. Police officers, any of these jobs, like are people working just like three to four part-time jobs. They're just trying to live and they don't have that opportunity, which I wish it was easy enough to say like, oh yeah, parents just read your kids. But some parents just don't even have the chance to see their kids. Like they're just making sure they stay alive. So it's not fair to say like, oh yeah, well, kids be you know at a higher reading level if their parents would just read them it's just like you have no idea what someone's background story is just because someone's struggling it does not mean that they're a bum it just means that maybe they got dealt a tough hand and like maybe you listening right now you were dealt a tough hand and maybe you're like yep that's me and i am so sorry but please keep on doing what you're doing i i mean it's just and if you all right here's my other thing if you're listening and you are been dealt a nice a blessed hand as i would say please don't you know judge others if you think that they're like you know just slacking off please use your blessings to help others because man life is not fair and it's just like people get in such a trap where they're again they're working these long hours and then they see joe schmo next door who they just bought their neighbor uh, their their child a pony and like, how do you, oh gosh, I can't imagine how that feels. Like, it's just, it's, life is rough sometimes, man. Right. And I think, I think when we, when we sit here and we, and we try to compare ourselves to other people, or we compare our life to somebody else's life, we deny ourselves things that we're only, we're kind of, and I don't really like using this word entitled, but we'll deny ourselves things that we're entitled to in our life because we're too worried about what the next guy has. Mm -hmm. We're too worried about what somebody else is doing and we're not realizing 
the we're not realizing like the the blessing that's sitting in front of you you know you like you said that uh that one child may be reading at a lower level and that other kid might be reading at a higher level but it doesn't mean that that kid who's reading at a lower level is gonna be a dummy or anything like that like that kid may grown up being one like he may end up being like the next elon musk you know we don't know and you you might come home from working 60 hours a week and barely paying the bills and you look to your friend and you can see them they pay their bills they go out every night they have fun they can do date nights they can do stuff like that and you ask yourself well why like why can they do that why can't i be that way Uh, you understand something though that the 60 hours a week that you put in that that's a character thing like you are building you're building character about yourself that if you have young children that they're going to grow up understanding and knowing because those kids are going to see how hard you worked to get to where you are and how hard you worked to to be able to provide for them and and your wife or you know husband or whoever it is right that those kids the people around you in your circle they're going to see that the people that matter are going to see how hard you work. They're going to see, you know, what you put yourself through to get to where you're at. And that that is the better comparison than comparing yourself to the guy to the right and to the left of you. You know, and you and I'm not saying that all comparison is bad because there is good comparison. There's comparison that can motivate you. You know, right. you could mot- you could compare yourself to like your like everybody tries to compare themselves to their father, right? Or a father figure or their mother or whoever. That's an okay comparison because all you're trying to do is you're just motivated to be like they are. And if, if, you know, what's that, what's that phrase? Um, mimicking or what, like mimicking is like the, the highest form of affection or whatever, whatever that phrase is. I do, you, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mimicry is the highest form of flattery. There you go. And sometimes it depends on what you're comparing yourself to because not all comparison can be negative. I grew up my whole life comparing myself to my brother and I wanted to be like him, right? I, I wanted to be exactly like he was. And it took me a long time to realize I'm not going to ever be who he is because I'm me and that, and he is he, right? And now I can compare myself to him in other ways. Like, you know, he's a great baseball player. I would love to have a, a quarter of his talent, right? Like that would be freaking phenomenal, you know? <laughs> or right. I would love to be able to have the opportunity to go strap on a helmet and go play in the NFL. Like that would be, if I could have an ounce of any of that talent, like in a comparison, like I would love that, right? But sometimes life, just life doesn't work out that way. And no. That's the part where I think we struggle sometimes as men, especially, you know, I'm going to say it because, you know, you're a father. I'm going to be a soon to be father. There's that time period. And I know that you probably went through it, too. There's a time period where you find out that you're having a kid. You get excited. Then you get scared and then you get scared shitless and then you get nervous and then you start going, I need to do better. I need to be better. How do I better my life? That's an okay comparison to to have, right? Oh, absolutely. 100%. And I had like – man, I had that moment where I was like, I need to get my life together. And it's funny because people – when I talk to them, they're like, oh, yeah, well, they assume I have my life together. But that's the funny thing is people assume other people have their lives together, and yet we're all sitting here just paddling, doggy paddling on the water, like trying to not like you know drown. We're all in this like this – giant ocean together of life and like just trying to make things work 
and yet people assume that you have your life together. So yeah, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta get things together. Like I can't, I can't be a role model to my daughter. I can't, you know, I can barely keep my own life together. But now I gotta keep another human being's life together and raise him to be a better human than myself. So yeah, I definitely had that moment where I was terrified. It's like, what do I do? Um, but it's interesting you bring up because yeah, parents can definitely be like, there's nothing wrong with a role model. A role model is like not a a negative comparison. That's great. As long as you realize that you are not that person and you shouldn't be that person, you can try to live like that person and like, you know, certain aspects of that person, but be yourself, be you like, don't be your role model, be you, your version of that role model. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go and ahead. like, I've had some amazing parents, like my, my, my parents are awesome. Um, but some people, you know, maybe you compare yourself to parents and you decide like, maybe that's not what you want to be. And that's healthy too. That's a healthy comparison as well. Like, well, I've seen my, my parents and that's not the kind of marriage I wanted. That's not the kind of relationship I want. So that's who I want to grow up not to be. If that makes sense. And that's healthy as well. Right. And, and that's a good point because you, I mean, even before you have kids, you go through life and you're like, I'm never doing that with my kid. Right. Or I'm never doing that with my kid. Or then you go, oh, that's a good idea. I I will. I'm gonna try that with my child because that is smart. You know, like there, <laughs> there are healthy there are healthy comparisons, and you, you brought up something because it's at the end of the day, you're 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 you. Like you you are only you. You cannot be that person. You cannot be the next Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan's already Michael Jordan. You can only be the next you. You can want to be like him. You can always be want to be as good as he is. That's great. But you're not going to be Michael Jordan. You're going to be you. Oh, and man, I'm only I'm only five foot eight. There's no way I'm <laughs> close. Not even come close. Oh, jeez. Um, but you you're only you're only going to be who you are. And we need I think we have to especially as men, we need to understand that that at the end of the day, if you're doing everything that you can possibly do to to bring um, everything that you can to the table for your family or even for yourself or for your friends. That's great. That's a win. I mean, that, that's an absolute win. And we shouldn't have to feel like we got to compare ourselves to other people to make us feel good. You know, I, I, I struggle all the time with stuff. I struggle, you know, you know this because we've talked about the struggles that I have with where I work. And I'm always comparing myself to other people about – well, they got this job, and if I could just get a job like that or get paid that kind of money, we could take care of so many things, you know, around the house. You know, things would be a lot different. I'm not saying that I can't – you can't strive to be that – to be where that person is in their life, but don't strive to, like, be that person. Just be who you are. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Brady and I. I said something – It's it's – there comes a time in our lives, especially as men, where we are on a path and there's a fork in this road. And the fork goes, you can either continue to be the person that you are, or you can turn and start to becoming the person that you desire to be. And a lot of times in life, when we choose that path of being who we desire to be, it's because we're desiring the things that we lacked growing up as children. So you want to be a loving husband and you want to be a loving father. 
that's how you should be that way. Right. But you desire to be that. And if you were trying extra hard to be that way, it's because growing up in your life, you didn't have that in your life. You didn't see love from your father. You didn't see love from your mother or, you know, maybe your father wasn't even in the picture. Right. And when we, when we strive to desire to be the person, you know, to be that person, you know, Brady asked me that question. Do you ever feel like you're going to be there? No, because if you feel like you've gotten there, you've become complacent. And if we right. want to continue to better ourselves, we cannot become complacent and we cannot continue to hold ourselves back. Cause I think a lot of times we just hold ourselves back. And sometimes we, maybe we're just afraid of, I don't know, maybe we're just afraid of succeeding. It's interesting you bring that up because, um, the best advice, I don't even know if she even realized she gave this to me. Best advice I ever got in a job one time was one of my directors above me. I was talking to her about, you know, applying for the director position. And I was like, honestly, do you think I'd get the spot? And she goes, and actually this advice was given to her from her boss. She's like, the best advice I can give you about trying to get a higher position in your job is be the best you can be at your current job. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and if you think you cannot perfect your job any better, you become like unself-aware. Kind of like you were saying, complacent, like completely like unaware. Like if you think you have 100% you're perfect at your job, then you are not being honest with yourself. She's like, be the best you can be at your job to then promote yourself, like to be promoted to the next job. And like, and then, you know, obviously she preps, like that doesn't mean you're absolutely going to be promoted to the next job, but like, that's what we should do with everything we do, right? Like whether it's a father, whether it's a job, whether it's a friend, whether it's a, you know, a son, brother, sister, whatever. Um, if you just be the best version of yourself, I mean, like what, what, what else can you compare yourself to? It doesn't matter. Like, for example, if you are comparing yourself to your own father, well, we already have a version of your own father. They exist. Be you. We don't have mm-hmm. a version of you, so be you. Be the best version of you. I mean, if you're trying to compare yourself to your boss, well, your boss already exists. Be the best version of you. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, just be you because we don't have that. Like, be your own individual because that's what the world needs. The world doesn't need a duplicate of someone else. They need you. you I mean, you may never be Michael Jordan. That's great. We've had Michael Jordan. You know, we need someone else. Like, that's what we need in life is a, a new version, a, a, a new whatever role model, you, a version of you. So like, I mean, I go back to like, yeah, comparison can be healthy, but to an extent, as long as you realize that you're not trying to be someone else, but a version of you, that's what's healthy. And you can sit here, yeah. And you can sit here and like, again, we talk about like working hard, trying to find that promotion, trying to like, you know, supply for your family but at the same time there comes to a point where people just collect material things like you know it's we have a budget and it's about like living below your means not above your means and mm-hmm. some people like they'll get a promotion like okay well now i can afford a bigger home not can afford a pool not can afford a nicer car like you know you just keep working and you work and you work and you work and you work and yet how much are you getting out of life if you keep on working the weekends keep on doing overtime are you truly living? I mean, maybe you love what you do, and then if that's the case, then yes, keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. But a lot of us work these jobs where like it's a desk job or whatever job, and you don't get fulfillment from your job. You're just trying to earn a paycheck. 
So then if you're busting your life away at this job that truly doesn't give you fulfillment, but that's all your life is, then no wonder why you feel depressed or you don't feel like you, your life has meaning. I mean, again, I'm not trying to judge anyone's life or, you know, um, anything like that. But like, I mean, that's, that's the trap that is the, the work life, right? I mean, we, we were like, okay, but if I get the next promotion or if I really impress my boss, then I can get a higher paycheck or get the bonus. And then my family, like I can afford this for my family. And I, I understand that people are coming from the perspective, like I'm doing it for my family. But another side of it is why don't you just spend time with your family instead of working those weekends? And again, I'm not coming from a point of view people who are really just trying to put food on the table. I get that. Some people have to work three or four jobs. I'm talking about the people who don't need it. They're just trying to boost their their comfort level in life. Like, again, just go spend some quality time with your family. Don't keep on like comparing yourself. Like so and so has, you know, well they'll get the promotion or they drive a Tesla or, you know, they have a a house with a pool like you know just honestly your life is short it is like you won't get that time back spend it enjoying what you love to do to an extent obviously we have to pay bills we have to put food on the table we have to live but like you know i mean it's just such a trap there was a guy that once told me um when i was working on the farm there's this guy he lived in this like little shack right it was like nothing great but well from the outside it was nothing great and when you walk in there you your first reaction would be like oh this is like this this is a nice house you know this it's not bad the man literally had everything that he ever wanted in that house you know he had his tv he had his wife he had his dog he has kids you know he had property he could he was living, you know, living his best life. And he told me, he was like, uh, he was like, you know, I don't really worry about some of this stuff sometimes. Cause he was like, if I really wanted it, I could just go out and go get it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, man, he was like the best part about, uh, or he's like the, the best thing about life. He's like the only, like the advice I could give you would be, he's like, live like you ain't got any money. And he's like, if you live, like you don't have any money, he's like, you're going to be rich at the end of the day. He's like, you take care of the things you need to take care of. But if you're not worried about buying the next car and you're not worried about buying the next this and the next and that and having to go out and get the next iPhone and all that, he goes, man, by the time you retire, he's like, you'll literally be able to buy whatever the hell you want. And he told me, he's like, I ret- I'm retiring in two years. And this is like seven, eight years ago when I was working on the farm. And he's like, I'm retiring in two years. And the first thing that we're doing, he's like, my wife and I are going on, on like a month cruise. He's like, we're just going to go travel the world. And he's like, I don't even know if I'll even come back. He was like, we might just sell the house and just travel. He's like, I don't even know. But he was like, we, I spent my whole life working that same way because that's, he was like, that's what my mentality was as a kid working because I didn't have any money. And he was like, even when I had money, I just put it aside and acted like I didn't have money. And then he was like, all I did was just watch my bank account grow. And he's like, I got into that mindset because I realized I didn't need any of that stuff. He was like, that was just luxury. And he was like, I got the stuff that I want here, and that's all I need. I don't need anything extra. And he, so he was like, yeah, when I retire, I'm traveling. Like, I'm gone. And I'm sure that's all he does now is just travel because he – I mean, he was a happy guy. Him and his wife were happy people. And I'm like, damn, that's that's, that's smart. Awesome. He was that's living awesome. – well, he was living, living well below his means, you know. But he was able, they were able to survive and make it, and they did it because they knew when he turned, you know, whatever it was, 60 – that they were going to do whatever the hell that they wanted and he didn't care. Right. And like, like, again, I know some people don't have that luxury. They're like, you know, 
it's a certain privilege to be like, okay, well, you know, I can have this money and not use it. But if that is your lifestyle, then yeah, you don't really have anything to complain about. And that's like, we bought a house that was below our budget. Yeah, it was a huge fixer upper. But I mean, it's something we could have done. We had the free time. We didn't have a kid at that point. So we did. We fixed it up and I love this home. You know, y'all got a great house though. Yeah, and we, we painted every single wall in this house. And like, yeah, there are things I don't like about this house. Like the fact that it's clearly been painted 50 times over and the <laughs> last person who painted it must have been like um, a two-year-old child because there's like droops and globs <laughs> and like you can see that through the paint like it's all right you know it's paint like you know unless you're studying our walls you don't notice it we had to redo the entire basement because of water damage but like it's done it's fixed i'm blessed enough that like my dad is you know a building contractor he could help us and there's things i you know i'd love to have you know a certain aspects to the house. I love not to have a split foyer home because I hate how busy that is. But like, you know, it's a great home. We can raise a family's home. It's exactly what we need. We have a nice backyard. We were able to fence it in. Like it's it's phenomenal. So like again, we are very blessed. But we bought a home below our budget for that reason, because we'd have the extra money to invest in it and save. We have a budget and everyone thinks that a budget means that you're broke. No, a budget is for anyone. If it's you have no money, if you have a lot of money, I know your wife is really big this too. We're huge on it, man. It's how we were able to pay off my student loans. I have colleagues who've been working in the profession for 15 years. They still haven't paid off their student loans, and we were able to pay off mine because we have a budget. And granted, again, I will say we are very privileged with like both of our jobs. But either way, we had a budget, and like we live below our means, so we can buy groceries, we can invest, like. It's just – it's such – again, like the guy said, we pay for the things that we need, and we do pay for some of the stuff that we don't need. Like I will say we're not like – we're not penny pinchers. But like honestly, if you do that, yeah, life is a lot easier, and you will be happy. Stop worrying about buying the brand new car. My car is a piece of junk. It is a <laughs> sky blue Kia Spectra. I don't even know, 2000 and whatever. It's a very old car. It screams every time I turn it on because I need to – um. Oh, what something I need to do something in it. I forgot what it was. But either way, I mean, it's not the belt. Um, I need to fix something in it. But yeah, screams every time I turn it on. It's obnoxious. Sometimes AC works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the heat works, sometimes it doesn't. It's just, but it gets me from A to B. And that's all it is. I have never had a car payment because we buy these used vehicles um, if we can. Again, we're very blessed the fact that we can buy used vehicles. But like, we're not buying like a brand new like Land Rover. We're buying these little like rinky-dink cars against some AB, and like that's the way it is. Like, it's just, it's just choosing to live below your means. And for us, again, we can have the choice, but it works. We're not, I don't care. I have friends who have brand new vehicles, and that's awesome for them. I'm so glad for them. Good for you. But <laughs> am I going to sit there and like, do I want a brand new vehicle? Absolutely. Am I going to compare my life and like just base my life off that and my my own status, my own self worth off that? Absolutely not. Right, exactly. I think sometimes, and it's hard to tell somebody just don't don't care, like don't care about what other people are doing, right? You know, we've talked about this before. It's you know, it's okay to quit certain things, and sometimes it's okay to quit comparing yourself to other people, and it's also okay to just not care about whatever. You know, and it's hard to do for some people. You know, I I have a hard time with it, and sometimes I don't. There's times where I could literally just not. I there's some things about my life where I just don't care. You know, there, I right. just don't. 
care about a lot of things. And then there's things that bother me and I do care about, but I tend to, I think I tend to not really get worked up about little things, but that's the thing too, is that if it's a big deal, you know, just cause it's not a big deal to you doesn't mean it's not a big deal to somebody else. Right. right. And, and you know, so I wanted to, let me ask you this. Cause I wanted to ask you something and I wanted to, I wanted to touch on this before. And we've been just talking about all kinds of things. Um, have you ever unfairly compared yourself to somebody else? Uh, like in what way? Like in Life. unfairly in my own perspective or their own perspective? Yours or, or theirs. I mean, I guess it could be theirs too. It could be unfair for you to compare yourself to somebody else. But I'm not just like – I'm not talking about just like uh, like this dude that's got a Tesla. I mean like like a hard comparison. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I compare myself to the other people all the time. That as we're doing a podcast about not comparing yourself, um, <laughs> but it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, so there was a, a time and like my one person or one situation. That, well, there was um, there was a point in my life where I was working for a company, and it's all about like leadership. You know, you're, I was a program leader was my name, uh, my title, and there was someone else who's also a program leader, and I thought he was the epitome of what I should be. Um, I really thought that like that's the position, like that's the kind of leader I need to be. Um, so we're leading, you know, our our teams, and I was like, man, if only I could be like him. Well, and I kept on trying to be like him over and over again, and it just wasn't fit my personality. You know, it just didn't make sense. And I was struggling. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't be like as good at the position as he was. Then it turns out I was actually I came across a, one of his employees. Well, not employee, but um, one person on his team and I talked to him, I was like, you know, like, how's it going? Um, how is so-and-so doing as a leader? And they're like, oh, it's miserable. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, oh yeah, no, he, he's terrible. Like he's just rude. He doesn't give us clear communication or instructions. It's just, it's all about him and it's just, it's miserable. And I was like, okay, well, I was like, well, that's odd. Maybe they're just like, you know, maybe they're a bad team member. I don't know. Because as far as I saw from the results, his results were phenomenal. Like off the charts is exactly like epitome of what the company wanted. So then I talked to another person um, and they said the same thing. They're like, yeah, this guy's miserable. Like, you know, he's just so self-centered, blah, blah, blah. So eventually, like I, I came to the conclusion that this person was not a great leader. He was essentially abusing his teammates, like overworking them shirking off his responsibilities, passing them on to them. And that's why his results were so great because they were doing all the work and not him. And then it just kind of occurred to me that that's a person I was comparing myself to someone. And that's not someone who I wanted to be. I mean, as far as I knew, my teammates liked working with me. Maybe we didn't get the results because, you know, I don't know, <laughs> probably like bad leadership, but I mean, at least the people who I know were growing in their, like their profession, they were doing well. And it's not like we're doing miserable. It's just like, you know what I mean? And it just occurred to me, like, that's not the leader that I wanted to be, but that's who I was baked myself off of, if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because well, the reason why I ask you that, too, is because I, I, I think a lot of people kind of do the same thing. They look at an employee and, and you know, they want to be that person, right? Or you look at, like, like we said before, like a father or you look at somebody else, you know, for me um, – 
for me always it was actually it was my brother and it long before he you know passed away it was always me wanting to be like my brother right and i think that was more so because i think my dad wanted me to be more like him and oh, yeah i mean he would send me to baseball camps all the time right and i'm just like I'm not that good. Like, I know I'm not as good as he is. Just stop wasting your money, okay? Because it's not going to work out for me. It'll work out for him, but it's not going to work out for me. Um, no, but I, I think for years, even before even before he passed away, I, I compared myself to him all the time. And quite frankly, it would actually upset him. And it would piss him off. And I never really understood why. Um, I thought he was just you know, being the typical older brother, like, you know, stop doing everything I'm doing, stop copying me, you know, like all that stuff. And, you know, I remember my mom telling him one day it was, she told him it was like, oh, it's just because Dan wants to be like you. And she told me that he got mad. He got really upset by that and mad. Right. And she never told me why. And she was just like, I don't know. He just got mad by that. And I mean, I did everything that he did, you know, like I would even start like wearing the same clothes that he wore. I would try to start acting the same way he did, you know, cause I looked up to him, obviously he was like an idol. He was my idol. Right. And, uh, I, it was shortly after he passed away and I realized that I started doing things a certain way. And somebody asked me one time, like, um, you know, I'd be like hard on myself about stuff. And, it would be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call out of work even if I was like hurt. Right. I'm going to work. Right. And they were like, well, why? And I'm like, well, cause Matt would, and they're like, well, what does that have anything to do with it? I'm like, cause Matt would, you know, like there's certain things that I wanted to reflect and wanted to be like him. So it'd be like, yeah, it's because Matt would, or it would be, um, you know, why, you know, what do you, why, why would you go outside and, you know, do things the hard way, you know, that, that, that phrase, you know, work smarter, not harder. Right. Uh, right. I, 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 I hate that phrase because I think sometimes people, <laughs> I, I think people do that when they say work smarter, not harder, there are smart ways that you can do things, but work smarter, not harder will sometimes lead to lazy workers because you forget how to work hard. Now you can work hard and work smart at the same time, right? So I tend to kind of do things the hard way. And I've always been like that. Um, I'm perfectly fine push mowing my yard because it's hard work. It I don't really want to sit on a riding mower and, and mow my grass. I mean, that'd be great, but I don't want to. I want to do things the hard way. And I want to do the hard, things the hard way because that was the way that he would do it, right? He would – I apologize. My dog is – growling in the background <laughs> yeah, i heard that i was trying to yeah, figure out what it was sleeping and growling in the background um but he would always do things the hard way so when i heard that he got upset because i wanted to be like him i never understood why and then it hit me one day he didn't want me to be like him because he thought that i was going to deal with the same demons that he was dealing with and you know, it didn't really hit me until a couple of years after, you know, after he passed away, because, you know, I've said before, I'm still figuring things out about this whole the whole thing that was him. There's things that have been kept from me. Not that it's been kept from me. It's just people try to protect me family wise. You know, they so things come out. Right. And they're still coming out now. We have open conversations about it now. But it was because he didn't want me to be like me because he thought that I was going to fall into the same hole that he did. And I was like, that's not, that's not fair. And I'm like, cause, because you are you and I am me just because you were battling, you know, you have demons doesn't mean I am, I am, you know, 
going to have the same demons as you, but we can still battle the same demons together, right? Like I can still fight with you, right? And that was that's one of the things that Brady and I have been preaching a lot is that you have demons and I have my own. And we're not the same, but we can still battle the same common enemy, 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 enemy. And um, when I realized that he was upset about that, I, it took me a long, long time to understand. And one day I uh, took him home. I took him home from dinner. It was my mom's birthday. He had done something to his knee and got into an argument with his girlfriend in the parking lot. His girlfriend kicked him out of the car and basically told him, find your own way home. And she left rightfully so. Cause he was being an asshole. So he comes in and we sit down and we have dinner and we talk and all this stuff and he needs a ride home. So I'm giving him a ride back. And it, it's always, it's been a big deal for me because that is literally the first and only time that he and I have ever had a heart to heart conversation ever, ever. And I remember telling him one time, you know, what I, well, I looked at him and I was like, what the, like, what the F is your issue? He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like this woman has literally done everything for you, but for some reason you just want to be a dick about it all. And he told me something that still sticks with me today. He said, I'm terrified because she loves me more than I think that I could ever love her or myself. It, it, it's, it's wild to think that somebody could could be and we've I'm, I don't know I've been there I don't know if you've been there but it, to sit there and literally say those words and under and really truly believe them that they don't think that they could love themselves as much as somebody else would love them and he he compared his life to a lot of people. He compared his life to my father, who had a rough, rough childhood, which translated over to our childhood. And he's much better now, you know, and I I give all credit to Taylor because if he I don't think I don't think if I ever met her, he wouldn't have softened up the way he has because he is a giant softy now. Um, but uh, it 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 baffles me and it's crazy. And it's and it's like. And it's just like, man, if you (laughs) could you imagine telling somebody that you would still want to be just like them, even after knowing all the demons and all the 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 grief and everything that they've gone through in their life and knowing that they still battle with that and you still want to be like them. Like, like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it does. It doesn't matter to me that that he had all the demons. It doesn't matter to me that he attempted to kill himself numerous times. It doesn't matter to me that he, um, you know, was so far dark into a hole that he didn't want anybody else to even remotely be like be like him. Like all that. Like none of that. None of that shit mattered to me. I wanted to be like him because he was my brother. I wanted to be like him because he was a good person. I wanted to be like him because he had good character. I wanted to be like him because if you had a conversation with him, it could be in a room full of 400 people or no people. He would make sure that you were the only person that was in that room with him at that moment. You know, like character wise, he was a fantastic person. Like he was a guy that would work hard every single day, but he would compare himself to other people because they were struggling with money. They were struggling with things. He was struggling with his mental health. And ultimately, I'm not going to say that's what 
what what got him. But ultimately, the comparison of all that and just feeling like he was never going to be good enough for anything or for anybody or for himself is what pushed him over the edge. And that's the reason why we do these podcasts and these shows is because there are people out there that are that are gonna they're just like that now, you know. And when we talk about comparison, one of the things that I don't think gets enough credit is when we are in a state of grief is when we compare our lives and everything else around us is when we're dealing with something when we have like you're dealing with hard grief is when you start comparing everything to your own life. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's just, it's an unfair comparison too. Um, and like some people don't open up about their struggles because um, they don't want to be a burden to others um, or they're afraid of judgment. Um, and that's just not that's just not the truth, because like we said, when we compare ourselves to others, we're comparing ourselves to what we see as the best version of others. But we are all dealing with crap like we all have just struggles in our lives. So, again, when you compare yourself to what someone else is living or the life they're living, the life that you see on social media or just the life that you see, you know, you know, your neighbor waving to you in the the lawn, you're seeing their best life. You're not seeing what's going on behind closed doors. But that's what we compare ourselves to. We compare ourselves to this fictional best version of everyone else's lives. Um, and that's the trap you fall into. Um, and I, it's just I wish people could just – bear their souls to others. I wish people, you know, would stop worrying about like, oh, well, you know, I'm not worth the burden to someone else because, I mean, you you are worth it. You are. And maybe the people in your circle right now um, aren't giving you the time. Well, then maybe it's time to find you a new circle, you know, people who will listen to you, people that you can unload on and just right. be real with because, you know, if we can't be real with one another, then, you know, what's like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? Because we're all just struggling. We just all don't want to admit that we are all struggling. And that's the problem. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it's easier said than done because it's, it's not easy for people to just be like, oh, OK, I'm done with you because you have attachment with certain people, you know, right. Like when you end, like, for instance, if you end a friendship that you've had for 12 years because, you know, and that's something that needed to be done, that's not easy to do. You know, it's it's a relationship. It's a bond that you have built with somebody else. So it's hard to cut that out. Right. Or it's hard to cut out your family because they're your family. But if they're not helping you get to where you need to be, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if they're friend or family. It's time to do something for yourself. You know, yeah, and it, if you are, if it's you not are dealing with something and like you are so worried about telling your friends or your family or your loved ones what you're going through because you personally do not feel like you are worth it. I'm telling you right now, you, your friends, and your family want to hear you open up to them like you are worth it. Stop put, projecting this negativity on yourself because there are so many people out there that do love you and that do want to help you and that do want to hear your problems, just stop trying to bottle it up 
and stop trying to think you have to do this alone and stop trying to think that you're this lone desperado that has to, you know, bear it all because you don't. And you're not meant to. You're not meant to do this on your own. Like, open up to someone. Just literally just, hey, be like, hey, can we sit down? Can we have a chat? Have a beer? Whatever you want to do. Like, just open up and just be like, listen, I'm going through this. And just, oh, man, I can't. That just, that's my biggest thing is where people think that they aren't worth the burden on others because you're not a burden. Again, I can't preach this enough. We are all going through some sort of crap. Just please you're especially the people who think that they're always the helper like those are the people who don't open up the most because they think they're the helper in the group even the helper needs help they do yeah and you know somebody will say well it's not that easy or you know last time i opened up to somebody uh you know they didn't really care see here's the thing though is that the people that are in your circle the people who actually care they're going to make it known they're <clears> they're it's help. They're they're going to make it known that they care, and you can tell the difference between people who care and people who don't. And those people who care might be someone that you never thought about even having in your circle, right? It might be the you know the weird. If you're in high school, it might be the weird kid at lunch that you never would have spent you know a second with. That might be the kid that is willing to listen to everything you have to say, and that may end up being like your next best friend. You know, so don't just like discredit somebody if they're willing to give you the time of day, to, and they are literally asking you to open up it's not easy to do it's it's going to be hard but those are the type of people that you need you should open up to because those are the people that are willing to sit through and listen to every little thing that you have going on in your life they're the ones that are going to sit there and listen to you as you deal with your demons those are the people that you want to keep by you those are the people that you should be leaning on those are the people that are important in your circle so it doesn't matter doesn't matter if it's family it's whoever is willing to sit next to you and listen to you at stuff. Those are the people that matter. And you may not say that, you know, you may say, well, I don't have anybody, but there's somebody out there. There's always going to be somebody who's willing to, willing to listen, right? We say it all the time. Brady and I are always willing to listen. We have people that recently have been listening to the show. They reach out to us and they talk to us. They talk to us about the problems that they have. They, you know, they open up about stuff. It's not easy for them. I'm sure it's not. But we've told you guys from day one that we're not blowing smoke up your ass. If you need somebody to talk to, message us and talk to us. You know, it took me a long time to realize that I wasn't—I was only a burden to people who didn't care. I was not a burden to people who actually cared about me. That's a good point. And that is the difference. That's a great point. And like you said, like you know, like there are people out there. Yeah, if your circle and like I—I I get it. I've been in toxic relationships before, like. You can you can definitely trust in the wrong and confide in the wrong people. People there's some people out there who will use your hurt and your pain and manipulate it and use it against you. Those are not the right people. No, that's not who we're talking about. Um, and I personally, I know where there's been mixed reviews in this, but I personally like I'm actually all for therapy. If that's what you need, like if you need someone who does not know you, a, a third party who has nothing invested in you and you just need to talk to someone. And you also have the funds for therapy because I know that'd be really expensive. Uh, go for it. Absolutely. But of course, you know, like not like I'm just trying to break the stigma of that therapy that something's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to talk to someone who's not going to like, you know, has nothing to do with you. But at the same time, if you have friends, family that are willing to talk to you, yeah, open up to them. Like they're they're They know you. They're going through life with you. Like talk to them as well. Right. And 
you know, Brady and I, we say it all the time. It doesn't cost anything to reach out to somebody. Right. It Absolutely. Dime to be nice to somebody. Right. So if you see somebody on social media who might be struggling, send them a comment on something, send them a little like, Hey, like, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, you don't know me, but if you want to message me, you can. Cause for some people it's easier to talk to a complete stranger who they're not paying than it is a therapist because a therapist, they don't know anything about that person. Right. Right. And, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with therapy that there's therapy is good. Like they're, they're, they're trained professionals for a reason to be doing this stuff. But for some people, it's easier to just open up to somebody else than it is to open up with somebody in front of them on a couch. Because when you open up to somebody, let's use an example, like Facebook, you're not face to have to face face to face with that person. You can just say what it is that you need to say, and then you just let it go. And sometimes that's all it is that we just need to, sometimes we just got to get stuff out. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It doesn't matter if it, if it doesn't run together. It doesn't matter if you don't even form complete sentences, just get out whatever it is that you need to get out because it will follow all that stuff will follow behind. You know, we always talk about like that box or, you know, the cup where you just start piling things in, right? Well, sometimes we remove stuff to accept other things in our life. But if we accept certain things that we're not continuously getting rid of the negative, you're eventually not going to be able to accept all the other stuff because you're not making room for anything. So at some point, if you just keep compiling in onto your box, your box is going to blow up and you're going to blow up regardless whether you want to or not. You're going to do it somewhere, which is probably going to be an inconvenience to you. And it's going to be at some time, some point where you really don't want to blow up. And it could be something very minuscule. It's going to send you over the edge. Right. Yep. So absolutely. Don't let this thing build up. Let's normalize the fact that we are all broken and that we all need some sort of help. That we're all struggling with something like let's drop the facade. Let's stop trying to pretend that we're all perfect or we have our lives together because let's be honest, none of us do. So let's normalize the fact that we are struggling and we need to talk about it. What is I forgot who it was. It was some comedian. Damn, I wish I remembered his name. He said, um, those that believe that they're uh, perfect and normal normal are the ones that need to go to a loony bin. Because they're the same. 100%. 100%. It's true because people – like nobody – if you're normal, I'm going to be – I'm worried about you. Okay? Right. Nobody's normal. If you really think that you're normal – you're not. And then if you are normal, then you're going to make somebody like me look sane. And that's and I'm I'm not a normal. I'm not a sane person. My wife will tell you that I will do some wild ass shit in this house. So <laughs> but um, I know it's getting a little late and you got work tomorrow. And as do you. Yeah, I got work tomorrow, too. But um, uh, Chris, you want to leave the leave people with anything before we before we wrap up here? Yeah, I mean, I guess if I could leave just in a nutshell, um, I guess because we're focused on comparison this episode, um, not that this way it just happened. Um, just remember that behind those pictures, those perfect pictures, behind what you see someone, whoever you're comparing yourself to, that is like them putting on a facade. Every perfect picture is a facade. Every like perfect moment that you're comparing yourself to, that you have FOMO about, that's just like a perfect snapshot. You do not see what's happening behind the picture. Like I, I'll briefly tell a story. So we put some cute photos of my daughter on Facebook of her and a little pumpkin um, because she, you know, she's turning six months on Tuesday and it was so cute, man. Those pictures turned out perfect. The moment before was a nightmare. Um, 
So yeah. we were trying to – even getting the pumpkin. Like we were arguing. My wife and I were arguing about like whether the pumpkin is big enough. I was like, yes, it's big enough. She's like, I don't think it is. I was like, yes, it is. We're getting this pumpkin. We've looked at 20 other pumpkins. We're done. We're getting this one. It's going to be big enough. I carved it out. Um, we start putting her in, and she like won't bend her legs, so she's not fitting in the pumpkin. Um, we're trying to get the dog perfectly sat next to it to make it look all cute. He's not sitting still. She's like, just move the baby. I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I'm going to take the picture. I'm trying to get the dog. She's like, don't worry about the dog. It's like, well, we need the dog in the picture. Either way, it was such a hot mess. But when we finally took the pictures, it looks like it was planned from the get-go. It looks like all of our lives are together. It was not. Now, after the fact, my wife and I were able to be like, hey, I love you. That worked out really well. They're amazing. Thank you so much to both of each Like, But like the moment before we took that snapshot, it was a stress mess. So again, the snapshot of everyone else's lives, don't believe it. We're all struggling. We're all going through a lot. It's not worth comparing your life to someone else because you are you. And guess what? We don't need another copy of another person. We need you. We need another version of you. Like you just be you is what I want you to do. Live your life. Nice. You know what? Somebody needs to get the photos of you guys while you're trying to get the photo of your kid. Like, I want to see the blow up behind the camera. That's what I'm. You know what I always think? And it's every once in a while. I always think, like, you know, those reality TV shows where they follow you around the cameras. Like, they would have a field day with my life. Because, you know, like, they always, like, clip, like, the worst part of your life to make it more interesting to watch. Oh, they would have a freaking field day, man. Are you kidding me? Like, that would have been, like, a huge, like, where they cut. Like, you know, it's about to be like a huge blow up scene. They cut to commercial break. That that would have been it. I feel like I feel like mine would be very boring and they'd be like, all right. So like this guy would rather live in the middle of nowhere in a cabin. That's great. Or this guy doesn't do anything. He comes home and works more than drinks whiskey. This dude. <laughs> but then it would be like that you'd have that tinge of me getting ready to like just lose my absolute shit. And they'd be like super focused in and just focus in on my face and be like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen and this is going to be glorious. <laughs> but um man, I just I'm I'm always really excited when you come on. We always have good conversations. You're always fun to have on this show. And before we wrap up, um I just, you know, to piggyback off what you said, I just just be you. Don't worry about being anybody else, but just be you, right? Don't don't worry about uh, trying to be the next person. Just be the first you. That's all. That's all we ask for. That's all we need in life. That's all that the, this world needs is just the next you. That's all we need. And you know, lately, Brady and I, what we've been doing is uh, we've been not not getting away from the don't. You know, it's it's okay to not be okay because that's still our main kind of like our main phrase. But we've kind of adopted this new phrase now, where uh, it, you know, it says iron. It's iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. So, uh, you know, as men, just, you know, make sure that we're, we're picking each other up, make sure that we're building each other up, not tearing each other down. You know, there is a way for you to criticize constructively another man, you know, because it's easier for us to kind of go off on one another as men than it is to go, you know, for other people. And especially when you know that person and, you know, if you do that, make sure it's constructive, you know, you can, you can still build up and, and kind of put somebody in their place when you need to, right? It's just tough love. That's all it really is. You know, nobody, nobody means offense to it. So, you know, iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. So we just make sure that we're just picking each other up. That's, that's all, you know, just be, just be the next you and um, quick shout out to uh, 
John Bowman Distillery in, in Stafford, who uh, facilitated our drinking session tonight, which basically was just a gift from you, essentially. But <laughs> yeah, dude, that distillery—they're amazing. They're awesome. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to go check that out. That's uh that's down in uh, what Culpeper, Virginia. No, no, no. It's actually it's in uh, South Stafford. So it's um oh shoot, what is it off of? It's near oh man, Fieldhouse in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, it's near downtown. We're gonna have to go check that out one day. Yeah, dude, they're they're amazing. They they produce some good whiskey. They actually they have gin, vodka, all the good stuff. That's awesome. Well, speaking of good stuff, this was great. I like I said, I love having you on here, man. We we always have good conversations. I know Brady loves having you on. Um, and like we said before, when she hits twelve years old, or when not twelve years old, when you, she <laughs> when she hits twelve, yeah, so that's gonna be another conversation. But oh, when gosh. When you when your little girl hits one year, we're gonna have to have another conversation about where your mindset's at. Oh gosh, yeah, deal. But six, not look, six I'm months. looking forward to it, but not looking forward to it. Uh, well, man, you have you have a good day tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna go get some sleep, and uh, tomorrow is like a Friday part one because I'm taking Tuesday off, so we go to the baby doctor. But um, I, uh, you know, I hope you, you know, you, you have a good day. I hope your, you know, I hope your wife has a good day. Kid does everything, you know, kids, a kid. So what are they going to do? Sleep all day? No. Oh, yeah, I wish. Now she's gone down to two, th- what, three naps in a day now, but now nah, we'll be good. Sounds like me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Three naps a day. Live but, the uh, dream. You know, uh, like I said, when you guys hear this, it's going to be posted a day late and I'll put something up on, on the on the pages and you can find us on tiktok at men in your life you can find us on facebook at men in your life unapologetically human um if you go to anchor you will find our podcast there spotify we have a a link tree that gives you of everything that we're at we're on instagram um we're working on some t-shirts actually we're going to work on some shirts um that's why i was asking you your size we're just taking a little Taking a little longer to get them than than normal, but we're getting some, you know, we're getting some t-shirts, but just want to say, you know, a big thank you to everybody. I know Brady would be doing a big thank you to everybody for uh, listening, for everybody, for following, for the new, for the new people. Um, you know, again, thank you to, to Cody for coming on here a couple of weeks ago. He was the first outside guest that we had other than you and Seth and friends, basically, because that's easy to get his friends. And um, to have somebody who's not a friend and a random person come on was big for us. And we officially hit over um, 500 combined plays for the podcast. We're at like 540 now combined on all these episodes. So whoever's going through there and and re-listening to all of our episodes, thank you. Just keep on, you know, just put it on replay. uh, (laughs) I uh, I click play and just let it go throughout the day. Yeah, just let it go. But thanks again. And uh, Chris, thank you. And thank you to everybody who are, you know, who are new to the show and returning to the show and keep supporting us. We appreciate you. And, you know, if it wasn't for the community, like we say, if not for the community, we wouldn't be anything right now. So if it wasn't for all y'all, we wouldn't be here. And you're the reason why we do this. So, again, we appreciate it. And uh, Chris, thanks again for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. And um, quick plug, if y'all didn't hear the episode with Cody on it, it's phenomenal. I highly recommend it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. We are, we're always really late to, like, thank people. We always do it at the end of the show. I don't know. <laughs> we need to do it at the beginning. But, yeah, but I appreciate that, man. Um, like always, you know, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Um, remember, we just don't stay there. And like we said, you know, iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. 
This is uh, Men Your Life, Unapologetic Human. I am Dan. I'm Chris. And thanks again for joining us for a, another fantastic episode. Everybody, you have a blessed day.